so guys i would like to uh, give you all a bit of a introduction about webhav so webhav is the founder and chief investment officer at tezi mandi he has over a decade of experience in stock picking and and generating index beating returns under the mentorship of ace investor mr ramdev agarwal ji webhav has developed his distinct investment philosophy his style involves combining a portfolio of tactical bets with long term winners to generate optimum returns webhav holds a bachelor's of computer science from university of pennsylvania and an mba from london business school yeah uh, yeah hi mishika yeah thanks for the introduction uh, yes i think webhav we can proceed to the question and answer round with you so yeah. webhav what's your investing strategy and how do you relate it with the classic value investing thought process yeah so uh, see my investing philosophy so the there are broadly two components to the portfolio one is the the buying side and one is the 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 discipline sort of rebalancing so on the buy, buying side usually 70 to 80% of the portfolio is uh, long term winners uh, and about 20 to 25% is uh, tactical bets so in the long term winners we look at companies that have uh, you know a growth track record of you know 1 3 5 years uh, you know they also should have uh, you know good growth runway ahead of them uh, good capital allocation policies uh, good corporate governance um, you know and uh, yeah i mean i think like a great industry opportunity and great competitive advantage um, and uh, on the tactical bet side uh, you know so so for long term winners the outlook is like 15 to 18 months and for tactical bets we look at companies that have a you know we look at opportunities from a 3 to 6 month perspective um, and opportunities could be for various reasons i mean you know the if if there is some you know ex- like super externality because of which you know profits are exploding in some industry or it could be that there is sector consolidation happening uh, in a specific sector uh, right. so 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 various opportunities like that uh, from a 3 to 6 month perspective and then on the discipline rebalancing side like just as buying is important even sort of selling and rebalancing is equally important uh, so the initial thesis with which we buy the stock if that sort of plays out uh, you know then we may choose to exit uh, and uh, um, and and also often times like you know when there's a change in the company's capital allocation policy or some large competitor comes in and spoils the industry profitability Uh, or or there is like just some you know markets are overheated or there's some global externality which which is out of our control and at that point we may sort of uh, choose to exit uh, or maybe sit like have a certain component of the portfolio in in, in cash or liquid ETFs okay that sounds really interesting webhav so webhav 2021 has been a great year not only a great year but it's also been a bumper and a grand year in that way So, in whatever way you look at it, investors have made pots of money in 2021, especially in the equity market. So, what's your view for 2022? Like, is this party here to continue? Are there going to be some serious sector rotations or some mega trends which will continue to flourish in 2022 as well? Uh, yeah. So, I think. Uh, see, I mean, I I personally think that uh, India is sort of coming out of a down uh, cycle and en- entering into sort of a structural up cycle. um as far as the economy and corporate earnings is concerned um and markets follow uh, corporate earnings and the economy 
so i think that uh, yeah i mean um, you know i think that that we are in sort of a structural uh, bull run i mean obviously uh, there is a lot of macro noise around omicron and fed tapering and all those sort of things but uh, i think uh, market should continue to do well but having said that i don't think it'll be as easy as it was to make money in the last year and a half uh, because uh, the low hanging fruits have now sort of to some extent you know been priced in so i think going forward it'll be like a very sector specific or very stock specific opportunity that one would have to sort of look at um so i think going forward uh, you know you'll have to sort of uh, do more deep dive into the companies that you're sort of investing in right uh, like uh, since october 2021 in the last 40 out of 48 sessions fii's have been net sellers in indian equities so can you give your view on the same and how uh can it affect the markets going forward right so uh, i think see fis have been selling because of again uh, you know the risk of omicron and uh, also the fact tapering so so there's there's generally been a a risk of strategy for emerging markets so india has sort of been a victim of that uh but having said that i think globally if you look at sort of any uh, strategist or even 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 just from an economic growth point of view india is one of the few large economies that has this kind of sort of growth left ahead uh, in almost every sector there is under penetration when you compare it to say china or to the us or uh, you know maybe even some of the other uh, larger countries so uh, point is that there is a lot that i mean and india is also coming out of a sort of a you know a, a down cycle and going into an up cycle and and, and there are ingredients for sort of apex growth and and all of that so uh, so i think that if if investors sort of want to make uh you know want to participate in this economic growth and in the you know the the price appreciation of capital markets they will have to be in india um india will be a market that sort of uh, will be like just like china was for the last 10 to 15 years india will be you know a relevant market for the next i think 5 10 years at least so um at some point fis will come now it's difficult to pinpoint when they will sort of come in but uh, i think that uh, at, at some point they'll definitely sort of come in uh, but but we shouldn't be too worried by sort of the near term fluctuations uh, correct uh so web we have also noticed one thing that you know many believes that central banks may not increase the interest rates in a hurry and will continue to support growth in that sense as supposed to be inflation warriors but sooner or later it can have a repercussion on the equity markets as well so uh, at a time like this do you think one needs to reduce exposure from equities as an asset class or no right so uh, i mean you you're referring to the fed tapering right yeah yeah right yeah uh, so yeah i mean i think see i mean a fed fed tapering i mean i think this this narrative has been there for a while um and i think globally markets are sort of following this event like uh, almost uh, by the millisecond so i think markets are pricing in sort of what is expected so i think um you know uh it's it's not so straightforward because bond yields are yet not sort of uh, increasing uh, you know at the pace at which sort of people are expecting so um and and also i think uh, there are some central bank governors who think that inflation might sort of be a transient thing and it could sort of come off in the middle of next year so so it's not very clear 
uh, as to how accelerated this fed tapering will be number one and number two is even if it does happen i think it's an event that is being priced in sort of very quickly um and uh, yes it might have some impact uh, in the near term but uh, you know i mean i think uh, that that also provides you opportunities to sort of uh, you know buy companies that you think might be relevant from a 3 to 5 year perspective uh so basically we can use these opportunities to you know build our long term portfolios yeah yeah i mean you should in fact look at it that way you should uh, look at it as a as a buying opportunity because uh, i mean if if something is worth 100 rupees and and it's becoming worth 60 rupees or 70 rupees because of you know something that is completely sort of un i mean unrelated or it is sort of you know doesn't affect you on a day to day basis then uh, i think you should sort of buy it right <coughs> right right uh, so uh, weber from jeffries to credit suisse and from clsa to morgan stanley all brokerage houses are saying that the earnings would be strong but somehow the markets are trading above their historical averages so the scope of making double digit returns is not impossible but it, is it going to be a tough task um I think valuations, uh, you know, I think we have to look at it in a context. One is that the denom the 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 denominator right now is sort of uh, deflated because you're sitting on sort of deflated earnings, right? So whether you look at market cap to GDP, whether you look at uh, price to earnings, I mean, there's been a big aberration. So I think, uh, you know, uh, one those those numbers are not fully reflective. But but like let's say even if you take from an FY23 or FY24 perspective i think see going forward indian companies are going to create a lot of earnings and a lot of value um and uh, and you know so a lot of these statistics don't necessarily capture that uh because ultimately because ultimately money is made by you know companies creating value uh you know, the statistics might just sort of uh, indicate something but i think right now it's uh, it may not be the best way because you have to take Like a five-seven year context uh, in 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 view, um, and so I think uh, uh, I I think that yes, double digit returns now again like at a market level, uh, you know it may be tough to say how what what sort of returns you'll get in twenty two, but I think again there are specific opportunities you can look at. But but what I think is that the Nifty like Nifty uh, companies like the growth has been about four percent in the last five six years. Next five years, this number could easily be at about fifteen percent um, uh, annually. So, so with such a large earnings growth happening, I think uh, you know you could make at least uh, mid-teens sort of uh, you know market appreciation should sort of happen for the next three to five years. Right. So, uh, Vaibhav, well, let's make this a bit interesting now. Let's divide the market in three parts for you. That is a buy and a sell and a hold basket. So, based on earnings potential and the underlying valuations, what comes under a buy, a sell, and a hold for you? Uh, we are talking in context of sectors. Right. So, I think uh, from a buy point of view, right now, I would look at. Uh... you know private sector banks uh, it services companies uh, you know certain uh, certain companies with like in the in the hospitals uh, space you know so and 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 also uh, some companies that sort of face the infrastructure or capex uh, sector um, i think from a from a sell perspective 
uh, I mean, I think while there is a lot of excitement around the recent tech IPOs, um, I would sort of stay away from them. But uh, because uh, I mean, they're great companies, but as investments, I think that they're pricing in more than uh, you know what they're likely to sort of deliver. So I think I would stay away from them. Uh, in terms of uh, some of the other sectors, like. Uh, Just the other. I mean, I mean, I mean. Then, then there are a lot of other like sort of uh, commodity sectors. I think which uh, again they've had a massive run in 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 2021. So I think that's one sector you have to be very careful about because those cycles could be very sharp. So so right. I sort of be careful of that. Um, and in terms of hold, um, I think hold is a tough one because it. I mean, it it, it depends on which one you're. Which one you already have, right? Um, so, uh, right. So, so when you say hold, I mean, could you maybe clarify uh, what you would like? Uh, in general, like uh, if suppose I'm holding commodity stocks, or if I'm holding textile stocks, if I'm holding banks. So, what's your uh, view? Like, are these hold candidates yet, or they have rallied quite a bit, and we should look at profit book- booking also? Mm, I think you could look at. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think I think one one sector which is sort of uh, very maybe you know overvalued like could be some of again like the the tech marketplaces which are listed. Uh, you know, we've seen recently they've gone through some correction as well. Uh, but uh, in terms of hold, I think again like like banking is one sector. I think you should definitely hold on to. Uh, okay. And. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, banking and I think IT services. These these two, I would sort of definitely hold on to. Hold on to. Okay. Uh, uh, as you were talking about banking sector, so banks are underperforming, and this underperformance is also somewhere seen in the insurance and AMCs. So, if the general stance on the Indian economy is positive, and if we expect the earnings to be supporting it, so what do you think is the reason for this relative underperformance? Yeah, so banks, uh, see banks, uh, you know, is very correlated to sort of the earnings growth. Uh, so, as you know, uh, earnings uh, the is related to sort of credit growth. So, credit growth was close to five percent in April, uh, and that's increased to about seven percent in November. Uh, and banks were sort of affected by the second wave, which caught which caught a lot of people off guard. So, uh, I think uh, that's been one of the reasons for their sort of underperformance. um and uh, recently there's also been some noise around the macro so i think uh, that's one reason they underperformed uh, life insurance companies uh, again they underperformed because of a lot of claims related to the second wave so you saw huge payouts for sbi life and uh, you know max life and some of these other companies um and and general life insurance i think a lot of their business is driven by by cars motors so like two wheeler four wheeler um and uh, even agriculture so i think that sector sort of been a little weak in the last 5 6 months so i think that's why those companies haven't done so well um and as far as amcs are concerned i think uh, a lot of their flows are sort of driven by flows into uh you know the mf products um and also they are sort of priced pretty richly so I think that's sort of broadly the reason I would think why they want to perform. 
there was a time after the pandemics where there was a huge scope of re-rating in these PSU banks as they were at their lowest book values and so so do you think they are yet re-rating candidates or no no they are uh, they are definitely re-rating candidates i mean um, i think uh, PSU banks you know as a segment have gone through a lot of consolidation in the last uh, you know 8 to 10 years uh, and uh, i think like uh, certain two three of them i think are definitely sort of uh, viable candidates for sort of long term re-rating as well um i think especially state bank of india is definitely one one sort of company that that sort of looks uh, promising from a long term point of view uh, and, and and yeah i mean i think the the price to book uh, i mean the re-rating that happened in in some of them yeah, i mean they were really beaten down way out of like their historical averages so I think that re-rating has happened in some of them, but going forward, I think where again uh, earnings growth is is good and quality of earnings is good. That's why you'll see uh, further re-rating. Further re-rating, okay. Uh, Webber, there's been uh, this single most. What's been that single most important investing lesson that you've learned from Ramdev Ji? And besides whom, him, whom do you consider your biggest mentor or mentors in this investing journey? uh so i think uh, one of the biggest ones is i think he looks at um, you know things from a market cap to earnings point of view so so i mean the the biggest sort of uh, you know in, in industry parlance what we call multi baggers uh, you know so so those are typically made when you know you think that in the next 4 to 5 years the earnings uh, the the total sum of earnings would be greater than the current market cap of the company right uh, so so based on your assessment of the company's earnings next 4 5 years you can uh, you know see you know whether or not uh, this this uh, stock would sort of uh, you know at least give back its market cap so that's when you you're typically sitting on a uh, on a company that can potentially be a multi bagger so that's one thing i've learned from him um, and and also the longevity of sort of uh, the growth usually like we get excited if a company has 50% earnings growth or 100% earnings growth in one year uh, but what's actually important is consistent calibrated growth for a long period of time uh, because that consistency and the longevity is what sort of uh, brings about predictability and then that's also what helps the stock to get a a decent sort of valuation right so, so this so these are two things i've learned from um, and in terms of other people i think i have had the opportunity to interact with a lot of senior analysts and fund managers from the industry uh so so that sort of uh, been great learning and i think that's an ongoing exercise i mean that that doesn't sort of stop uh, uh today right right also remember while going through your profile i figured out that you've um uh, shikai thing you're on mute again Hello, am I audible? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. There was some network glitch, I think. Uh, so by, while going through your profile, I figured out that you've met Mr. Buffett also. So how was your experience meeting him? So uh, I mean, I had actually met him when when I was doing my undergrad in the US. Uh, you know, there was a trip, uh, like a group trip from uh, three four other colleges where sort of about a hundred students get to meet him. So I think it was more. I think one thing that's remarkable about him is that um, 
despite me and when i met him he was about i think uh, i think 75 or 80 years old i'm not sure but right even then his memory was so sharp i mean he remembers every transaction he's made like he's just done it yesterday um and and this is energy and his enthusiasm towards investing i mean that obviously clearly comes out so i think that's something that i i mean it was a short interaction of about an hour uh and uh, and i think also just his humility i mean he's while he's obviously uh, one of the richest people in the world he's 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 just a regular guy as far as people in omaha are concerned oh wow that's wonderful that's that's yeah. really commendable uh webov if you had to carry one book with you for the rest of your life which one would it be So I think I would carry uh, you know Snowball uh, which is basically sort of an autobiography of Warren Buffett. Yeah. Uh, so no it's it's sort of a biography/autobiography but basically what happens is like most of the books that you read like they'll they'll tell you um maybe like the investing um they'll tell you the theory the investing theory or they'll tell you a little bit about the person but this is like like literally his life in context I mean and and so all like like what I mean all the all the big decisions he made in in buying the companies he did like what was the context sort of surrounding it what was the uh, thought process behind it sort in 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 a detail it, it sort of gives you his entire life history and the context of you know why he made the decisions that he made um and i think that's something that you don't sort of get to see uh, in many other places so uh, i mean i think that's one book that sort of uh, I mean it's basically the the life of maybe one of the greatest investors of all time so and and the context yeah. behind what he did what he did so I think that sort of transparency and detail you don't get into too many other people's lives so I think that's definitely something that was interesting Oh superb uh if what is your broad stock screening process for your flagship small case Yeah so uh, I think uh, as I mentioned so we look at uh, there are two aspects to the portfolio strategy one is the buying side and one is the rebalancing side so on the buying side uh, we look at companies uh, broadly from two angles one is from a you know long to from medium to long term perspective that's about 80% of the portfolio and about 20% of it is uh, you know tactical bets which is companies relevant from a 3 to 6 month perspective um and uh, All right Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, in in the long term, when as we look at companies which have good earnings growth, good capital allocation, good ROEs, good corporate governance, and have good you know growth runway ahead of them for the next fifteen to eighteen months, um, and in tactical bets, we look at sort of you know, specific opportunities that might be relevant from a three to six month perspective. All right. That's that's really cool, Vaibhav. And uh, what is the key uh, exit criteria that you use? Like buying is very easy, but deciding when to sell is very difficult. So, what do you do for that? So, I think there are broadly three, four uh, broad buckets. So, one is uh, uh, one is that um, you know when the thesis with which you invested that plays out. Uh, second could be that um, the risk reward in some other stock or sector is. significantly better than what we are currently holding third could be that there's a lot of you know negative noise or there's some capital misallocation or there's some change in comparative scenario uh, at that point we may choose to exit a stock and fourth is if there is a negative externality globally uh, you know which is out of our control and uh, we can't do anything about it then at that point we may choose to exit as well so uh, 
that's only how you look at it oh okay uh webber what is that one stock idea from your favorite small case strategy and what is your broad thesis around its selection uh so i think uh, i sort of uh, one stock that i like is icsi securities uh so this is one company that's uh, that's in, in literally the entire spectrum of uh, at least uh, stock broking so so they also they have they've been a full service broker but but they also have offerings for young millennials uh, you know in the discount broking space as well uh, and right this is a company which has a very rich history of sort of high roe uh, you know like 20 25% earnings growth over 4 5 years um and uh, they are the largest mutual fund distributors they are one of the largest uh, you know wealth uh, wealth management companies as well um they also are uh, a stellar sort of uh, i bank so i think uh, you know it's a very broad play on the indian capital markets um and and they also have the advantage of being part of a large bank uh, both in terms right. of the, the the customer leads that it gives them and also in terms of the trust and visibility that it sort of offers so i think uh, and again the companies with with the kind of return earnings profile that it has the kind of growth it it has and its you know valuations are sort of uh, i think quite reasonable um, i mean some people might say that it's a cyclical stock so that's why it should have low valuation but uh, i think uh, now their model also has more annuity aspects to it so it it may not just be a cyclical company i mean it may sort of have more secular earnings so i think uh, it could sort of irritate uh, from oh thank you weber for sharing that one particular favorite stock of yours uh, so weber how do you see the the future opportunities related to your investing strategy in the current market scenario uh, so so when you say the relevance of it you mean like how will this investing strategy do in the future yeah right yeah so i think uh, you know as i've said like so so broadly uh, we we look at companies that have a relevance from a 15 to 18 month perspective um and and i mean we we keep monitoring those trends so so we keep seeing how those companies are doing um so so it's, so it's a it's a open architecture sort of strategy right we don't have any sector bias or any uh, top down specific uh, thing that 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 might sort of you know limit us from anything so i think uh, broadly it 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 sort of has uh, you know all the checks and balances in place so i think it should be fine uh, from a from from a long term perspective also and he, and and even if things supposing go wrong at a macroeconomic level or uh, at a company specific level we have those sort of uh, checks and balances to exit as well so i think all in all we are sort of balanced well that that's really very important like when you say that you know having those necessary checks and balances to alter your strategy or to you know uh, change it with the current market scenario having those checks and balances i think makes all of the difference uh, so i think weber if we are not out of time we can take some questions from the audience right now yes please absolutely yeah sure guys you can send request i am accepting your requests and please uh, only those of you who have questions from weber can come up and ask Ankit, you can go ahead. Yeah, Ankit, I think you're on mute. Uh, maybe. 
Yeah, I think he's on mute right now. Yeah, hi. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah hi, Vaibhav. Uh, I never yeah. used although this Teji Mandi app, but uh, I would like to know uh, how you are helping out the retail investor to uh, get the knowledge and uh, make profits uh, by doing uh, trading by using this app. Basically, I want to know how you are helping out by this help to the retail investor. And the second question is: uh, Is there any kind of uh, warning uh, or you know alert kind of things which you are giving to the retail investors so they are not losing money? Yeah. Hi. Uh, uh, th- you know, thanks for the question, Ankit. Uh, so basically, see, we are uh, currently present on two two platforms. One is uh, one is obviously the Teji Mandi app, and one is Small Case. um and and thanks to small case i think we are all sort of gathered today together um what i mean the the basic point is that that we um, what we do is uh, in terms of investor education we have a daily feature article that does a deep dive on a specific topic or a specific sector um and uh, you know over the weekend we also sort of uh, you know you know highlight one or two companies that might be sort of relevant uh, Uh, for people to look at um, but but that is mostly the the free education content um, i think what is really important is that we are offering uh, you know portfolio advisory at a really affordable price point um, where we professionally sort of manage your money so a lot of aspects i think uh, you know a lot of retail investors uh, though they want to be diy and they want to do everything themselves uh, it may not necessarily be the best strategy especially when you're investing in etfs or you're doing something else it's uh, more straightforward but but when you're actively managing uh, your own money it's not necessarily a straightforward so i think we i mean do that professional sort of advisory for you like typically what you would uh, get in pms products uh, you know for 50 lakhs and above aum we're doing it at you know for significantly lower sort of investment amounts um so um and and we also sort of give you the rationale behind why we're doing what we're doing um and we have two portfolios one is flagship which is the multi cap portfolio and one is uh, Uh, the multiplier, which is the mid and small cap portfolio, um, and both of these are sort of available uh, on small case uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's broadly sort of what we're offering. Uh, one more question, if uh, may I proceed? Yeah, please. Yeah. So uh, there are lots of uh, PMS services in the market right now, and uh, there are lots of uh, app uh, which are providing investor education kind of services. So apart from uh, doing commercial services, are you also providing investor education kind of things? Yeah. So I mean, uh, so how do I explain it? I mean, we are so so some of the stuff maybe like that some of the companies are doing in terms of. Uh, like explaining to you the concepts of investing like or or explaining to you how to make a you know how to make a financial model we don't do that uh, we just sort of uh, you know broadly explain to you maybe what's happening in the market or a specific stock or sector that's relevant and 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 we also sort of uh, manage manage money on your behalf right so i think for a lot of people pms is simply not accessible because it's a I mean, it's an asset class, you know. You know, accessible more to the uh, HNIs and the ultra HNIs. Uh, so, for actually, for the mass retail investor, we are sort of uh, providing high quality portfolio advisory. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's how we sort of do it. Thank you for your question, Ankit. I think we can move on to another speaker. That is philosophy. Uh, 
uh, i think he's on mute we can go forward to prashant yeah am i audible yes yeah. you are audible yeah yes sir uh, good evening to everybody good evening mr weber yeah. yeah i want to ask whether what what is the impact of studying macroeconomic data as far as quantitative easing and taper tantrum is concerned by is being put on news and stories by all federal banks central banks so do do we really require such short term concepts for a, if you are going going for a 3 to 5 years portfolio see uh, i mean the the only thing is you have to be uh, alert and you should just know what is happening uh, you know it may not necessarily affect uh, the companies that you are buying sort of very directly i mean the the impact is more at a at a macro level where uh, you know maybe like the markets could maybe correct in the near term or or it could mean that if interest rates globally are sort of going up then you know like we've seen the rupee for example like you know it's, it's sort of uh getting devalued against the dollar and also so some of those dynamics are what you have to sort of watch out for uh but uh, but but what it does is it because it sort of causes some near term correction it also en- allows you to enter into some stocks or you know some sectors uh, at a at a better price point so so i think uh, from that perspective i think you should sort of look out for that <coughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much, Prashant. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, good evening, Vibha. Uh, I have a question regarding the uh, uh, upcoming time in the market. Can you please uh, educate us on the broader aspects of the uh, market in the coming year and uh, the sectors which one can focus on? Right. So, yeah. Thanks for your question. uh so i think uh, going forward uh, at least uh, what what we believe is that you know india is sort of coming out of a down cycle um and and entering into a structural up cycle after almost uh, you know 10 to 12 years um and the reasons for that uh, are are many fold i mean if you see we are we are starting with low interest rates you know a lot of companies have sort of cleaned up their balance sheet so the their ability to take on debt is very high corporate profits to gdp are sort of at a historical low as well um and and there are several other indicators that sort of indicate that india you know a lot of companies have also shown their interest that they want to invest in capex uh, you know even government has sort of brought forth so it, it looks like circumstances um, uh, you know while history doesn't repeat it sort of rhyme so if we look at sort of 2003 to now i think it it looks like some of the circumstances are similar to that so we may be entering uh, you know a structural uh upcycle so and and if that's happening then you know corporate profit uh, earnings uh, in the next 4 to 5 years should be meaningfully higher than what they were in the last 4 to 5 years um and markets typically follow corporate earnings over a long period of time so uh, given that outlook i think uh, markets should probably remain strong uh, in the times to come uh bangal i think we can proceed to him I think he's on mute, right? Yeah. Uh, bye, bye. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask two questions. One is like, uh, you have two products. One is uh, a 2020 product, uh, kind of a mixture, where you, where in every Saturday you actually send the intimation, uh, if we require a switch or not. Another one is a multi-cap or a small-cap product. Out of the two products, which product, if I, if you were Suppose to choose which product you have chosen. 
See, I think the uh, I think the the reasons for both the products are very different. Uh, so, if you look at our uh, multi-cap product, that is meant more. You know, if you want sort of a all-weather sort of a portfolio, that that sort of uh, you know gives you consistent, calibrated sort of returns uh, over a period of time, then I think that's the portfolio to go. I mean, that has a mix of uh, it's like an Indian thali, right? So it has it has all the ingredients. I mean, it's a holistic sort of a portfolio. Uh, okay. And and the and the mid-cap, small-cap one is meant more if you know if you're looking at companies that can uh, uh, you know grow more quickly or grow more exponentially. Um, um and and sort of take advantage of the up cycle we are in um obviously now when when you invest in mid caps and small caps they inherently come with higher volatility and in some cases with higher risk also uh so to that extent i think uh, that's what that product offers so i think it really depends on what you're looking to do right i think we can move on to meet can you can ask your question Uh, hey, Vibhav. Uh, nice hearing you for the first time. Uh, appreciate your thought clarity. Uh, just wanted to ask uh, uh, two questions. How many businesses you have in your small case portfolio, and what is the typical allocation in your top ten stocks? Right. So, uh, in the uh, in the flagship, we have at any point in time we have anywhere between fifteen to eighteen stocks. Uh, that depends on. what time it is there's no fixed number but broadly a range that we have um and in terms of the top 10 stocks so we have uh, broadly two allocations we either allocate 7% or we allocate 5% so um in terms of uh, the you know usually no stock is sort of more than 7% allocation so uh you know in it it ranges anywhere between both those allocations so i think uh, that's broadly how it is so um you know the I I think the 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 distribution is relatively holistic so there is no sort of specific concentration risk. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the clarity. Thanks. Uh we can move on forward to Keshav. Keshav we can ask your question. Yeah, hi Keshav, I think are you on mute? Mm I think yes, he's on mute. till then i think we have also vimal here i just accepted his request yeah. so i would like i would like i would like to know how you decide the sector location uh i mean uh, it it obviously depends on two uh, things one is like what is the growth out of the sector <coughs> which uh, maybe what part of the cycle it is in and uh, also I mean, are there any risks uh, at a macro level? And 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 it's also bottom up. I mean, we we don't sort of specifically decide that this sector will have so much allocation. It's more broadly the stock specific opportunities that are there. And so we do a combination of those two, and then sort of uh, it's it's more an outcome rather than sort of uh, something that we actively sort of you know try to do. Right. Uh, i have just approved keshav's request as he requested again so keshav yeah we can have your question uh thank you uh, vaibhav for such a lovely session uh, i have a Excellent. question here ki as a beginner agar hum baat kare ya as an intermediate bhi baat kare ya jo person even market mein bahut experienced bhi hai 
वी ऑलवेज थिंक अबाउट लाइक लाइक एज द टॉपिक स्टेट्स की मार्केट आउटलुक फॉर द टू बट इज इट रियली मतलब अगर मैं इसके अंदर थोड़ा थोड़ा डीप अगर मैं डिगिन करूं तो क्या सेक्टर रोटेशन दैट वी टॉक अबाउट कि वी जनरली एक होता है कि मार्केट का आउटलुक वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट की दैट वी आर बुलिश वी आर बेरिश और वी आर हैविंग अ न्यूट्रल व्यू फॉर द मार्केट बट इज इट रियली पॉसिबल कि टॉकिंग अबाउट द वेरियस सेक्टर्स बिकॉज एवरी टाइम एवरी ईयर और एवरी सेट ऑफ ईयर्स मे बी टू ईयर्स थ्री ईयर्स का जो भी मार्केट चलता है तो एवरी टाइम देर आर फ्यू स्पेसिफिक सेक्टर्स विच आर एक्चुअली आउट परफॉर्मिंग द ओवरऑल मार्केट एंड देर आर फ्यू सेक्टर्स इवन इन द बेरिश मार्केट सम सेक्टर्स आर एक्चुअली आउट परफॉर्मिंग सो वट विल बी आर टेक लाइक ड्यूरिंग द नेक्स्ट अपकमिंग नॉट ओनली टू थाउजेंड ट्वेंटी टू बट फॉर दमिंग टू ईयर्स थ्री ईयर्स डाउन द रोड सो वट विल बी द स्पेसिफिक सेक्टर्स विच माइट बी आउट परफॉर्मिंग द ओवरऑल द जनरल मार्केट लाइक निफ्टी बैंक निफ्टी right so i think uh, you you mentioned nifty and bank nifty so so i i think uh, specifically in the next few years uh, banking is going to be a big composition of the earnings growth uh, in the index uh, i'm also quite bullish on uh, you know and and within banks specifically like some large private sector banks uh, then within uh, then then i think it is also going to be a big part of the earnings growth and earnings profit pool and uh, i think the the sort of demand up cycle we are seeing right now uh it's sort of similar to what we had seen in the early 2000s um so you know i mean this is one one sector which has really very good quality free cash flow and sort of very good growth um, ahead for the next few years so and also with sort of the macro risk where rupee might be devaluing sort of uh, i mean it is as a possibility not i mean we don't know if it'll happen but it is the way things are looking right now so then in in, in that sort of situation uh, IT sort of tends to do well, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think even as you said, as you asked about the market outlook, our our approach to the market is much more sort of bottom up rather than top down. So we don't have any specific like Nifty level or anything like that. We broadly just look at the direction in which sort of things are going based on various data points, and then uh, we take a call. Uh, thank you, Vibhav, and thank you, Mishika. Thank you. Uh, we can have the last question from Accidental Investor. Hello, am I audible? Yeah, hi. Yeah, thanks for allowing. Vaibhav, I wanted to ask, like, if I'm not mistaken, you started the firm in last year, October 2020, right? So, right. The last one year has been kind to everyone. so starting from i mean looking from here down the line for 3 5 years down the line what what would be the road map from tezi quantity so if the 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 road map for mm ai you were not audible I think he just wanted to ask what would be the roadmap for the Tezi Mandi team. I mean, I think there's no specific. I mean, in 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 terms of roadmap, I think uh, we have two portfolios that we're sort of offering right now. Um, and the idea is that uh, I mean, we started these portfolios while while publicly it was started in October 2020. We started much before that in March actually. Uh, you know, we we started actually when the pandemic started hitting. Uh, 
uh, India. So, so we've seen the entire down cycle and then the subsequent up cycle from it. So, um, in that sense, I think what what typically happens in five years happened in a period of six months, uh, at least in 2020. So, um, from that angle, I think we've we've offered two products. I think these these products should be relevant for the next three five years as well. I don't think that we need to offer too many more products, uh, especially on the equity side. Um, and uh, I think if you're asking in terms of what the performance roadmap is, I mean, I obviously can't sort of, uh, I can only prepare for it. I cannot sort of tell you what outcome will be, uh, you know, we'll get. But broadly, the idea is that, you know, uh, we're looking at, you know, Nifty has given, I think, over the last 30 years, like compounded annual growth rate of 12 to 13%. So our idea would be that, you know, if, uh, on a calibrated basis, if we can get anywhere between 18 to 20 percent, I think uh, uh, we'll sort of be happy. Okay, thank you, AI. Thank you, Webhav. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Mushika. Uh, uh, well, it was great interacting with you, Webhav. Thanks for sharing your insights on markets. And we have, we hope to have a part two of this conversation very soon. And yeah. I really appreciate your time on behalf of all of us. Wish you and your team a very wonderful 2022. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Webhav. And thank you all of you for catching us live on Twitter Spaces. Have a great holiday and wish all of you a very happy new year.